Welcome to the Conscious Living Show with your host, Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce, and her husband, Dr. Mark Pierce. The health of your sex life reflects the health of other aspects of your life. While this may not be the only factor, it certainly contributes to the degree you'll enjoy a well-rounded, healthy, happy, sexy life. Now, here is Dr. Nancy and Dr. Mark. Well, good morning. You're listening to the Conscious Living Sexuality Show. And today we are here to talk about a really hot topic, something that's um, has high value to me and to, I think, to humanity. And so Mark's going to kind of take the lead, um, par- partially because I tend to, tend to get too emotional about this topic. Um, it's, it's a very, it feels very personal to me. And because it's about women's bodies. So we're talking about men's role in the abortion debate um, and the conversation, really, because I don't think it's a debate. Abortion isn't a belief system. It's a medical procedure. It's a it's part it's a healthcare procedure. And yet there's people that have very, very um, strong beliefs about it and want to change the laws. Well, it's certainly a very passionate topic for you. I've seen you go from the extremes of joy to anger, yeah. uh, talking about uh, all of the changes that are uh, occurring at this time. Many laws are being passed, uh, typically back back east, about uh, timing of abortion. And uh, I see you watching the news and getting more upset as each day goes by. Well, you know, I really feel like there's been a, a war waged against women, it, it and and I'm not alone in that <clears throat> feeling. Um, women, womankind, right now feel as if um, men are very afraid. I think the Me Too movement probably stirred up a lot of fear in men about what was going to be happening in their lives, and it's as if this group of men are now forging a war against women to take away our rights as we're fighting harder to for the to pass the ERA to to do these things that really will level out the playing field for men and women alike we feel like men are pushing back harder and harder and doing things to us that they can't do to men because men don't have uteruses men can't make a baby. So that's one area that they can really come in and attack us on our rights. Well, I guess it depends on which perspective you have in terms yeah. of whether, you know, whether uh, you use the word attack right off. Uh, I think people should know that that uh, before we start, that uh, both Nancy and I are kind of in the right to choose uh, a woman's right, uh, so that if there are biases uh, in our discussion, that that's uh, up front, that, that that's our perspective, but we try to be as objective about it as we can. Um, now, when you asked me to look into the men's role in abortion, mm-hmm. I skipped ahead initially and started wondering, well, how do men feel about a partner that is uh, pregnant and is going to end the pregnancy? Okay. And there are a lot of men who, who once they find out that they're, they're, uh, uh, other person, it could be a very early relationship or a more developed relationship, is pregnant, they're, they feel a little lost because they're often left out of the decision mm-hmm. as to whether or not the pregnancy would continue. And I think it's kind of ironic that at one end of the debate, men are 
pushing to be very much in control of women's sexual uh, rights. Uh, and on the other side of it, most men acknowledge that once a woman is pregnant, that they really have no say about uh, well, what's try- happening. Maybe that's why in, they're trying to do that. They're, so they're coming around it this way, so they have say. So I thought it was interesting, just my initial take, I wasn't thinking about the laws that affect abortion. I was thinking about men's emotions, mm. uh, knowing that a baby is on the way, and that that may not be uh, what ultimately happens, or maybe it's given up for adoption, or it's, or that they, their ability to to voice their opinions is somewhat limited in those circumstances. Do you, how would you gauge, do you think that unplanned pregnancies, um, that, that more men, and I'm not talking about within relationships, I'm talking about uh, outside of uh, committed relationships, do you think more men would want her to have the baby or not want her to have the baby? Outside of a committed relationship, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I think that probably not would right. be my guess. And uh, so, so that what's the problem? Well, uh, this goes right back to consent. Yeah. Because when when a uh, a more developed relationship is considering having children, you go through a process. You go, am I emotionally ready to raise a child? Right. Am I financially stable enough to raise a child? Those are good questions. And um, are we physically in good condition to safely have a child? Yeah. And and those decisions are made uh, by the the couple. Uh, now, you know, pregnancy the the, the whole game is changing. Uh, women are welcoming children into the world without a partner. Yeah. And men. Uh, uh, especially gay men as a couple are welcoming children into their lives uh, by adoption or surrogacy mm-hmm. and or by surrogacy mm-hmm. and uh, and and then there are, you know to extrapolate out there probably are are groups of people who welcome children into their little communities right you know to, to the, have poly, this, the poly the poly the poly relationships mm-hmm. but I think that the key thing here is is that at at those those more mature relationships, it's done with very uh, informed consent. Right. right. And and when you're in a more casual relationship, or you just cannot stop those urges, because PV sex is fun. Because that's <laughs> not the only do. kind of sex, though. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to keep pushing that because you know, they keep saying, um, you know, that it's all, I mean, it feels like all of their responsibility is being put on women. And I called you here today (laughs) for this show to really discuss what men's role is, what, where their responsibility lies, because men don't have the right to tell women what to do with our body once at any point in time. You know, you you can't just have sex with us without our consent. You can't put your penis in one of our holes without our permission. That's called rape. You can't take our organs out without our permission. You can't put an organ in without our permission. I mean, you can't, in this world, you can't do anything to my body. You're calling it an organ, huh? (laughs) Yeah. You can't do anything to my body without my permission, my consent. And yet, 
There was a, I just listened to a talk yesterday where a representative from Florida kept referring to women as the host body. That yeah, I'm sounds, sure that went well for you. <laughs> he said it about five times. And, and even the commentator said, oh, I don't think this is going to go well. You keep referring to women, like human beings, as a host body. Like we're unconscious and hooked up to wires and you just can impregnate us and get us to be a baby machine. That's kind of how women are feeling right now. Like we're not baby makers for men. See how passionate she is. Okay. All right, come back down. <laughs> okay, I feel better now. Well, what's interesting is is that on one side of the equation, um, men creating laws for abortion, um, uh, specifically the traditional uh, groups uh, fighting the right to have an abortion, and then on the other side, the unplanned pregnancy, where where men are are felt to be almost a victim of the pregnancy uh, and the financial costs of it. Right. So there's this real paradox that, that occurs uh, when you start to consider both of those uh, situations. I, and, and it seems like it's always about the fucking guy. Wham! I don't want a baby. I want a baby. I don't want you to have a baby right now. No, you have to have a baby because I made a baby in you. I mean, seriously. It's always about his problem, his needs. I, I, I love Not, Nobody's thinking about the host body. When Nancy turned on the news and saw <laughs> a whole group of older men making decisions about women's right to have uh, Planned Parenthood services. Um, women, the Women's Health Summit I, I was, was 99% white old men. Well, how can it be 99%? I think it was 100%. No, there, were, there was one woman there. There was? Yeah. Okay, okay. She was a token. <laughs> I don't think they listened to anything she had to say. And, the, you know, of course, most of the women that they would have invited or that, that would have been um, um, qualified to be there had opposing opinions. So they didn't want them there. I think that what's happening is uh, this goes back even further than, than the current debate. Women's right. roles in our communities have been changing, and I think it goes all the way back to World War II. Okay, let's start about that. And what happened is, is that women started to work outside of the home. They, they, they discovered that, oh my gosh, I'm just as capable of doing this job as a man, and I want the right to have that opportunity. I'm really glad you, you qualified that they started to work outside of the home because because <laughs> women were working their asses off yeah, before I'm, that and never got paid a dime. I'm a smart so. man. I like sex. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I think that these social role changes are really at the root of what's happening. The traditional family is starting to morph a little bit and women oh, are yeah. playing a huge financial role um, in in the, the scheme of things now. The traditional family was only on TV to leave it to Beaver show. I mean, there's really no such thing as a nuclear family or a traditional family. That's always been the exception rather than the rule. But the people that were not living that were considered outliers because it didn't follow the Christian model. But there's always been a variety of, of family uh, formal formulations. So well, but I think if you look at the numbers, the, the 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 system has morphed. I mean, men were the primary workforce before World War II, mm-hmm. and then when we had to go off to war because women couldn't go fight, 
um, they they had to man all of the other jobs that were important for the war effort, and 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 you can argue what's more important. It doesn't matter, but they learned from that experience and that uh, they that there are these opportunities out there. But I think that there was probably something more insidious going on in those traditional nuclear relationships that isn't talked about very much. All right. And. We, so we're going to get we're going to get ready for a break, but let's let's plant a seed about what that might be. Well, I think it has to do with how men treat women. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why why are women more women filing for divorce than men? Well, let's leave that for the next segment. Okay. <laughs> you know what 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 was going on in families that um, that that really pushed women out into the world to be more independent and and so we're going to we're going to take a little break in a few seconds here and continue this conversation and and I'm going to try I'm going to try to stay level-headed in this conversation cuz this is a tough one for me and that's why Mark and I are the yin and yang of all of these topics because I tend to get more passionate and the more passionate I get, the more logical he gets. So it's really that balancing act that we have. That really cools her off. Mm-hmm. Not in always a good way. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a little break. This is the Conscious Living Sexuality Show, and Mark and I will be back in just a few seconds. Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry, no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. Discover, explore, and celebrate your sexy right here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. 
Welcome back. You're listening to the Conscious Living Sexuality Show, and this airs on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. And we are supported and sponsored by Sibian.com, which is a pleasure device that really promotes women's sexual freedom. So today we're talking about freedom and uh, the right to choose and abortion and the, the debate and what what is men's role in this? I, I just got confused because it sounds to me like if you get a great paying job in a city and I'm out of luck. You might be. <laughs> I swear. That, I mean, uh, Alyssa Milano has just called for a for a, a, a sex strike that. All right, guys, you don't want women to have abortions and you're not willing to take responsibility for your own penis ejaculation. So guess what? You can't put it in the vagina anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what she's saying. I mean, here's here's a couple facts before so before silly. we go. Most women, most majority of women, do not orgasm from PV sex alone. Bingo. Most women need a lot of clitoral stimulation, which is not in the vagina. So, and women's orgasms are completely irrelevant to pregnancy. However, on the other side, men's orgasms create pregnancy. And when you put a penis inside a vagina and you ejaculate, that's what causes a pregnancy. We're fertile two or three days a month. Men are fertile 24-7. So let's do some math here. Who has more likelihood of causing a pregnancy, men or women? Do you want me to answer that emotionally or mathematically? If you have a single partner, it's the same. The answer is the same. It's only three days. Yeah, but men can spread their seed like a like a like a rainbird. Well, we we hope for that, but but I don't think there's always that many opportunities. I don't know. I know a lot of guys that have have babies all over the place, so yeah. they are that is not unusual. Well, women can't have babies all over the place, right? have one or two at a time maybe <laughs> you always know where yours are at that's true we, we know um, yeah so we i know think, we're the mother yeah I, you can see again see how passionate nancy is about this topic i think what we're really looking for um i don't think that there's anyone out there that believes that an abortion is the best solution for an unplanned pregnancy no. and, nobody wants and, to be faced with that decision. there's there's just too many downsides to it but sometimes it's the only uh, pathway that that seems fair and workable, right. and um, and it creates a lot of angst, and we're feeling the angst. And uh, right before during the break, we were talking about how it's being challenged uh, daily uh, in the courts and by the, the people passing laws. And one thing about a challenge is whoever prevails, and this gives an opportunity for the right to choose to prevail, they will be written in a more solid foundation that this is what we believe is true and correct for our community. So if if you prevail, you've already demonstrated one time with Roe versus Wade. Now you have an opportunity to demonstrate it again, that it is the woman's right to choose as a last resort uh, what needs to occur. I think that when we stopped for the break, we talked about why women are changing their roles in society. And I think that uh, when you go back to um, the early uh, stages where women were getting more willing to leave families and get divorced, 
there it was pretty onerous to get a divorce. Sometimes they weren't granted a divorce. Right. And there were laws about having to prove that you deserved a divorce mm-hmm. after being married. And what happened in a lot of those situations is the violence in the relationship uh, became more apparent. And so we started to have laws that said that there were there was a no-fault divorce concept going on. Yeah. And then, and then um, the, that was, they, women were starting to be protected by more and more laws, uh, child support laws, uh, family support laws, and, and this seems good. But in a government situation, the evolution should be from support by the government to independence. Mm-hmm. And now women are fully engaged in becoming independent with their careers, financially strong, so that they have all of the tools that they need to do to make the choices that are best for them. That's an individual's right, right to liberty, you know, life, yeah, yeah. pursuit of happiness, yeah. all those things. When you want to become a parent should be everybody's right. And an yeah. adult that's dependent, whether you're dependent on another person or the government, you're not able to make all of your own decisions. Your, right. your decisions are compromised. So I think women have been just moving ahead with great strides to become financially independent and then go into relationships that are uh, stronger because both individuals in the relationship are truly independent. So they're, they're choosing to be together. They're not forced to right. be together. How often does a marriage work when people say, gosh, we're having a baby. Uh, let's see if we can make this work. Never. A rare I mean, I'll, I won't say never, but it's it's very, very rare. Yeah, they might work, yeah. and they, the happiness level might not be so high. Right, right. And and they so, might suffer through it, you know. So the ultimate is for people to be independent and make that decision together, and then make the decision to start their family. Right. Unfortunately, because PV sex is so fun, so fun, so fun. Yes, <laughs> that uh, we often fall short of that goal, and when we fall short of that goal, the first uh, topic to say is that both parties are equally responsible for an unplanned pregnancy. Yes. And we we don't look at condoms as being the man's birth control, but men wake up, that is the birth control that you can bring to the table right now. We don't have any medications that are reversible. They have two choices, right? Well, you can decide not to have children and have vasectomy. Well, that's not deciding not to have children. You can save sperm. Sometimes they're they're reversible. You know, more often than not, they can reverse them. But you can also store sperm, and then you really then it's really a conscious choice. Okay, it's time for we want to become a family, and you go get your sperm and your turkey baster, and off you go. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that a lot of people do that. Women store eggs. You know, right. who want to who know that they want to delay their family for a long period. So I think I think that's an option for some people. There there are reasons that that isn't practical in every case. You're only going to store so much. You know, I mean, there are practical limitations to that. Whereas with our bodies are practically unlimited. <laughs> it is an unlimited. It's a renewable resource. <laughs> well, that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. So an unplanned pregnancy is. Yeah. Is uh, and either it's without consent or it's an error. Yeah, it's something something both people bad luck were 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 responsible and a pregnancy still occurred. Half of the people that are that deal with an unplanned pregnancy um, were on birth control. 
Well, and, and there are different Absolutely. kinds of birth control, and mm-hmm. obviously, nothing's one hundred percent. When we so. use two types of birth control together, right, that number goes down. Right. And I believe that the abortion rate and the unplanned pregnancy rate talk about those almost together have both been going down because mm-hmm. birth control is becoming more effective. And it's been made more available. See, this is the other side of the equation, is that these laws and these lawmakers are so fucking conservative that they decide we, we want to ban abortion and we don't want to provide birth control or sex education. Yeah, That's a disaster waiting to happen. That's that's why we got into that pickle to begin with, is because women were uneducated, they couldn't access birth control, and they were still having sex, a lot of times through rape and incest. And so when we have, I mean, that's like a, such a mishmash of, of uh, beliefs that are only going to set women up to suffer. Well, it is, it is paradoxical to, to block the pathway towards birth control and then to try to block uh, the the pathway towards abortion. I mean, I think that that's that's paradoxical. You have to decide if you're if you're out there and you do not believe in birth control and you do not believe in abortion. Um, you better keep your make, dick in your pants. May, well, make a choice. Which is worse, you know? I mean, really, yeah. Catholic Church needs to wake up. Yeah, you know, really. For sure. uh, if you don't believe in abortion then promote birth control so that people aren't traumatized and we don't have children that are neglected. Isn't it, isn't it paradoxical that, that when a child is born and the parent that was an unplanned pregnancy and they're given up for adoption, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're given away, mm-hmm. it's kind of fascinating because it implies that that child has no value. <laughs> and a person went through quite a bit, including putting their a little bit more risk of death. Uh, pregnancy yeah. is a dangerous uh, thing. Uh, it's very complicated. It, it increases the likelihood of death in women during pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yet the child is uh, deemed to be almost valueless, yeah. uh, uh, given away. And, and I think it has, we need more, it has more value as a fetus than it does once it's born. That's the other argument with the pro-lifers is that they don't really care about what happens afterward. You know, they, they a lot of I hear a lot of people say, well, just put them up for adoption. And they haven't looked no, one. They've never even considered adopting a child because they wouldn't want somebody else's child. And two, they don't look at how many kids are in foster care that are never going to be adopted. Adoption is not, uh, there are a lot of people that just aren't, would never adopt. I was adopted and half of my parent, my, my dad's side of the family completely rejected me because I was adopted. My mother's side of the family accepted me. So there's, there's a real split in how people feel about adopted children. They are the discarded children. They're the throwaways. Well, it's, it's, that's so something it's not that needs a to glamorous be, that thing. It's something that needs to be improved upon. And what I was, the point I was trying to make is, is that there, there's a measurable cost for a pregnancy, and so men's role in 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 abortion, if abortion is is no longer a possible form of interrupting a pregnancy, then they need to take more responsibility in this whole process. Okay, I'm 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 I'm, I'm all ears. Well, we we <clears> talked <throat> about how. You know, the, the, the moment that a woman is not able yep, to continue working, to, to she's not able to work, 
uh, there ought to be financial support right away at that point in time because a man's ability to work isn't isn't compromised at all. Yeah, dating back to conception. And, and if you want to go with those stronger religious groups, we don't feel that the government should be responsible for that. So men, get somebody pregnant, don't use a condom, step up. It's going to be expensive. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, on that note, we're going to take a little break and I'm going to... Let Nancy get a breath. Bring my heart rate down a little and we're going to continue the conversation for the second half of the show talking about... Um, men's role in this very hot topic of abortion and unwanted pregnancies. Unplanned is different because a lot of people have an unplanned pregnancy and decide they really want to have a baby. I'm talking about the unwanted pregnancies where you find yourself pregnant and you're like, I can't, I can't do this. This is not, this is not going to happen. And we're going to talk a little bit about why women say that, why women have that visceral reaction. Uh, this is a really important piece of the puzzle that nobody's talking about. So we're going to take a little break. When we come back, more Conscious Living Sexuality for you. Dr. Nancy Sutton-Pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology, relationship coaching, and is a health, intimacy, and communication specialist. Dr. Nancy is the CEO of ELR. Empower, love, and reawaken. Dr. Nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them. She focuses on women's health, teaching them about their body, right to pleasure, positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton-Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. When the lights are off, that's no reason not to light things up. Lube Light lets you pop its cap for instant illumination so your lube gets applied to all the sweet spots and never the awkward ones. No more slippery midsection, unless you're into that. You can keep it turned on while you're getting down with your partner. Our ambient lighting is soft enough to never blind while you're doing the grind. No matter what lube gets you vibing, it's compatible with Lube Light. Easier to turn on than your last partner, guaranteed. Get yours today at lubelights.com. Also available on Amazon and SheVibe. Stay tuned in and turned on to a sexual evolution here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back. You're listening to The Conscious Living Sexuality Show. And today's hot topic is men's role in abortion. Right. So at the break, we were talking a little bit about um, women. When they find out that they're pregnant, they go, Oh, shit. Oh, okay. Oh, no. (laughs) And, And the reason that they do that? Okay, well, I'll, I'll reveal here. I'll share my story. When I was 15, I got pregnant. And I had actually tried. That was at a time when birth control had was just, just become available. And I had gone to a clinic to access birth control. And the clinic made me wait a month to think about it, to think about if I really wanted to be sexual. Now, I was already sexual. So I was, that's why I went to the clinic. So they made me wait. I had to go back. 
Now I'm 15, I'm not driving, so I'm having to get a ride. I'm, you know, trying to be responsible. And in that month I got pregnant. So I had to, I, I, I can remember very clearly thinking, there's no good out here. There's no good option. Uh, I, I can I can have a baby. I'm 15 years old. I don't I don't want a baby. I don't like my body's not ready to have a baby. I can't raise a baby. I don't want to go through that and have to give a baby up. I was given up, and I knew how that was str- such a struggle for me to think about having been given away. And so there was I was like no I had no good option, and it was devastating, frightening, uh, horrific feeling. And I thought. This will ruin my life. It'll mean I, I won't go to college. It'll mean I won't get to be a nurse. It'll mean I, I'm going to be poor for the rest of my life. I'm going to be considered a slut. I'm going to be shamed. I mean, the list so, went on and on. So some people in that situation um, can overcome. And they can, they can achieve those things even with uh, a child in their life. But if you look at the statistics... The vast majority of people are derailed and end up in the lower income brackets, Mm -hmm. not financially independent, and then subjected to all the things that dependency uh, subjects you to. Right. So I think a lot of abuse. I mean, I think your story speaks more for uh, the obstructive nature of people trying to uh, prevent people from having sex, and (laughs) and and that's. uh, a whole nother topic, but it's not working out so well. No, I mean, it if anything, has. if anything, relationships are maturing later. People are getting financially independent, and men and women are not going to stay. Uh, are not going to be. Whereas they're going to be sexual in their early twenties outside of a relationship more often than not. Right. And and the people who are religious just need to acknowledge this. It's happening to your own children. Yes. Catholic Church. Open your eyes. It's happening. Your people are using birth control. Um, it, it doesn't matter if you condone it well, or the not. Mormon they're they're going yeah. to do it. So uh, you might want to get on the page and place abortion at a higher level because emotionally it extracts a toll yeah. on everyone. The parents of children, the children that are pregnant, the babies that are not born, the angst and the psychology afterwards. It's horrible. It's the whole process is not something that we feel is uh, the optimal solution. Yeah. So let's get on the same page and start trying to prevent it any way we can. Yeah. Any way we can. And after we're not having any abortions from a practical standpoint, um, then we can work on other things. Uh or just stay out of everybody's lives. Yeah, how about mind your own fucking business? Is my my philosophy. <laughs> I mean, really, what you know? We're, and and I I totally love your point. I mean, it still keeps coming back to instead of spending so much time and money and energy that's being expended right now on the topic of abortion and trying to block women's right to have one. Why aren't we putting all of that into preventing the pregnancies? Well, I think you can go a step further and say, why aren't we um, uh, not trying to obstruct the pathway? And, right. and I think that ultimately these groups believe that, that if pregnancy is that disruptive to your life and you're not ready, you simply will not have sex. And if we give you condoms, you're a little more likely to have sex. And if you're 
Not you know, true. And, yeah. and the reality is, is that um, that's never people, panned out. <laughs> people are not getting married at the age of eighteen or nineteen anymore, or even to fifteen or sixteen right. to have sex. Right. They're they're waiting so that they can achieve this financial independence. Right. And uh, that's the new the new pathway. We're living longer, so we don't mind having children a little bit later in life. So, how would you calculate the cost? Of so, let's say um, a woman is pregnant, and a guy, and and the government or the or the man. I think the man really should be responsible. It's his sperm, and you say, "All right, I can't have an abortion." So here's your bill. Well, I think for me to I, to to be a host a host body for this child that you are going to be responsible for. And that might be one pathway to decrease the need. For abortions, if uh, if, uh, if uh, the other parent was willing to step up and equalize out the other costs, then then it may be because uh, it's not just a cost, an immediate cost. It's a long range cost. Yes. Well, right now the the laws only really provide for child support after the baby's born, but they don't take into consideration the sacrifice that the woman made. To make the baby, right? The the mother host or whatever you call the host it. body. The host body. There's there's the physical requirements of pregnancy. There's nutrition. There's there's food costs, and eventually there's going to be time off work, right? Uh, um, for the baby, there's going to be healthcare costs, uh, doctor visits, deductible payments. All of these things uh, should be shared at least. Uh, between the responsible parties. And here's another thing. There's there's also a social consciousness that has really devalued women who are in the childbearing years or who are who have babies in terms of they are deemed less valuable to an employer than a man. Even if a man has children, men are still deemed as higher value, dollar value to them than a woman. Because they believe women are weaker, they'll be they'll be more um, likely to have to leave work if they're pregnant. They're not feeling as well, so they've actually flipped it to punish women for being the host bodies. Well, that's that's actually starting to fade out. Is it? Yes, because the uh, the parents now with children that were born in families are starting to share that responsibility. So. Um, the, the mother might take off Monday because the child can't go to daycare and the father will take off on Tuesday. So fathers are starting to miss work much more frequently because women are in the workforce and it needs to be balanced. But there is an opportunity cost that's lost when a person is away from work for an extended period of time. Bill Gates, uh, trying to be very generous with his group, gave women a whole year of time off when they had a child. But he found out at work, they were being left behind in the culture and the goals and the objectives of the company. And it was as if they were being rehired when they were absent for such a long period of time. It was not an ill intent. It wasn't him trying to say, oh, this, this, it, it just wasn't working. And so he backed that back to six months and then paid for the child care during the next six months so that the mother would have the freedom to come back to work. Obviously, there would be a little angst because leaving a baby, especially for a mother at that age, has a lot of hormonal uh, 
connections. It's unnatural. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it, uh, it's a new world that way, but um, women are strong and they're doing it. And uh, um, But he found that you can't be out of that that loop too long or you lose opportunity costs. So even if there isn't something insidious going on, which I think is starting to balance out, the, I don't want to hire a woman because she's going to be absent. Men are going to be absent more now. It's, it's happening right now. So you've, that seen isn't a, it. you've seen a trend at the at your clinic, right, in terms right. of who, who's bringing in sick kids during the day? Right. We're seeing more men bringing in the children. Yeah. And so that's that's no longer an issue. That's balancing, which is great. Yeah, that is Things great. have a way of, of, of starting to, to balance out. But the opportunity cost is there, and the man should be somewhat responsible for that opportunity cost. What do you think? What do you think would happen to men's consciousness about their responsibility if they knew they were going to get a bill for eighty thousand uh, dollars for the first um, for the first nine months of a woman's uh, pre- pregnancy to to cover her costs and to balance out the inequity that she's going to have to endure. Well, I think that that's one that's pathway. About what it costs for that's a one pathway so. to decrease unwanted or unplanned pregnancies yeah. uh, is for for men to have uh, a little bit more financial responsibility. They can't shoulder the other, and and for eons, uh, long before civilization, men were responsible for bringing the food home when the the babe, the mothers were pregnant. So. That's that's still an ongoing responsibility. So men realize that you're going to be held to this. It's going to start happening. It's not. A, this isn't absolute. Well, it has to. It ha- It has to. It's only six hundred and forty dollars a month for eighteen years now, but it's going to be more. Yeah, yeah and, it has uh, to be more. And the reality is, is that no one cares if your living condition is suppressed or if you're not, if you can't drive the kind of car you want. Right. So it's you know the be careful world, where you put your penis. The world is going to force people to feel more responsible for their decisions. I think yeah. there's a large group of people that are quite okay with that. Yeah. And for guys that really just absolutely hate the idea of abortion, I mean, I don't know of anybody actually that likes the idea of abortion. So let's, let's clear that up. That is not something that we're all like rooting for more abortions. But... We do, when, they, when they're necessary, we certainly don't want to have the law telling us that we can't make that decision. So guys who really don't want any woman that they've ever had sex with to have an abortion, get a vasectomy. That's your option. That's the only option we have. And, or, and, and, or be diligent about wearing condoms and make sure she's taken her pill. I mean, there's just, you've got to double up. You cannot be having raw sex with a woman and now there's guys that are stealthing they take off the condom midway because they don't like them they want to come with a bare penis so that you know you can't do that and 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 have any kind of say so really if you if you're going to step up you got to step up all the way we're going to take a little break when we come back for our final segment mark has some final words i'm sure of wisdom and insight uh, that uh, my emotions get in the way of we'll be right back for more conscious living sexuality dr nancy sutton pierce offers a private practice in clinical sexology relationship coaching and is a health intimacy and communication specialist dr nancy is the ceo of elr empower love and reawaken dr nancy passionately designs and facilitates global seminars and retreats for women and those who adore them she focuses on women's health teaching them about their body right to pleasure 
positive body image, and loving acceptance. Connect with Dr. Nancy Sutton-Pierce at drnsp.com. That's drnsp.com. Have you checked out the Sexy Lifestyle Network? This is where people who want to know go. It's an online hub of knowledge, experience, products, and services that cater to this active lifestyle. We've got information and education about adults-only resorts, everything for your sexy lifestyle, and, of course, some great talk programs. Join the experts, guests, and unfiltered talk on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Visit thesexylifestyle.com for more information and to unlock the network. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Craving more from your sexy lifestyle? Search our businesses, services, blogs, articles, and videos. And keep in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter. All on thesexylifestyle.com. You are listening to The Conscious Living Show. To reach the doctors or their guest on the live show, feel free to call in to 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to Dr. Nancy at drnsp.com. Now, back to The Conscious Living Show. Welcome back for the final segment of The Conscious Living Sexuality Show today. And we're talking about the hot topic of abortion and men's role. So what do you have to say? Well, I think we can summarize a few things. I think that consent is the key component for deciding to have a child. It should be a discussion. Uh, We have the tools now to plan pregnancies, and they should be used every time. In an ideal world, that's how things would work. Um, outside of consent, you have heirs and you have um, violence, you know, you have uh, uh, stealthing and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. So I think outside of informed consent, where you've decided to have a child, you have to assume that you don't want one. And so it is the normal etiquette now for men to always use a condom outside of a consent to have a child. So if you haven't had that conversation that you're going to have a child, then your your moral obligation is to use a condom. That's the minimum. That's yeah. the minimum. Now, if you want to be a little bit more careful and you've already had the number of children that you want or uh, circumstances are different, genetic problem, then have your vasectomy. But, but I think that the condom is the, is the gold standard right now. And men, if you're not having, if you're not using a condom, you didn't have an accidental pregnancy. Right. (laughs) You wanted a child. If you're not using one, you're telling the woman, I want a child. And and women, if a a man is not wanting to use a condom, he's telling you, I'm ready for a child. (laughs) I'm ready for a child. I want a child. So... Uh, those things need to be in your consciousness. Again, this is a conscious living show. Okay. Yeah. Now, on the other side of it, with um, now I'm going to get I'm just talking here, but if we get to the all of the challenges to Roe versus Wade, I think that that um, everyone agrees that uh, that abortion has a distasteful kind of feel to it. There's mm-hmm. an angst to it, mm-hmm. and all parties 
for and against should be doing everything possible to decrease the number of abortions. Don't obstruct your pathway to birth control. If you are, you're, be, you're putting people in, in just in difficult, untenable situations. Not having access to abortion does not stop abortion. Right. Not having access to abortion just more. increases the risk to women having illegal abortions or non-medical abortions, unsupervised abortions, whatever you want to call it. That's why Roe versus Wade passed in the first place, because women were having abortions done uh, in unsafe places. We tried to make it safe for women. And now reversing that, you're trying to say, let's make it not safe for women. Right. So if your goal is to not have abortions, get on the side of making it easier to not have unwanted pregnancies, right. please. This is a call for all people to do that. So when you're passing laws, include in those laws uh, more support for, for sex education and more support for uh, condoms, more support for birth control. Why would you be fighting the right to have access to birth control if the person taking the birth control has no religious objections to using it? Why would you impart your, your views on them if your goal is to stop abortion? So you're, 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 you're talking through both sides of your mouth a little bit. Yeah. I don't know what the right way to say that is either. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> but, right. But I think that that's mm -hmm. really what um, needs to be done. So there should be compromises. So every time you pass a law to, to restrict access to abortion, please include in that more funding for sex education and, and to prevent unwanted pregnancies. Show people that you have some compassion for women. And, and some and, realistic understanding of human beings and human sexuality. I think that on the other side, you know, passing the law, the heartbeat law, I think everybody agrees that this severely restricts access and it's pretty extreme. But that is an acknowledgement by the other side that they believe that women can control their bodies to a certain extent. And so I think they've given huge ground by just not pushing for banning abortion across the board. If they're saying that abortion's okay up to six weeks of, of a started pregnancy, for, for them, they've compromised whether they realize it or not. They're saying that women do have the right to control their bodies. Okay. So, what, so what's your recipe? For, you have a great recipe for this. Well, I think that, that you mean in terms of monitoring your pregnancy? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think that primary care doctors, this is another, it was in the New England Journal of Medicine, medical abortions using pills rather than surgical abortions, the DNC and the, the evacuations. Over in Europe, 80, 90% of, of pregnancies are ended with medical abortions. Basically, you give them a medication, there's a miscarriage, the baby is lost. The fetus. Yeah, the fetus <laughs> is lost. Okay, sorry. Yeah. yeah all those words, I are, know. you know. But baby, uh, baby puts it into an emotional category for people. It's, right. There's just a clump of cells at that okay, point. Okay, well yeah. then, let's get the emotion out of it, yeah. because if we keep yeah. doing that, and right. I keep getting yeah. uh, sidelined by, if someone wants to take my argument apart by just saying I use the wrong word, they're not in the argument. Come back with something that's logical that tells me that you're actually uh, thinking about this problem and not just being emotional about it. Okay, all right. So uh, I think that I think that um, 
in the United States, only 30% are, are using uh, medication. And primary care doctors can have access to this medication. So we have the possibility of making abortion much, much, much more available at an earlier stage. Mm-hmm. A primary care doctor cannot do a surgical abortion. So if we get organized, we can have these things done early when there's less emotional stress, less physical stress, mm-hmm. and everyone, including the right and the left, are happy with the idea that these things can be done earlier. But the primary care doctors need to be able to prescribe this medication, and they shouldn't have protesters out in front of their office. Right. And we shouldn't be shamed for providing the service, no matter what your religious belief is. Right. If it's yeah, if it's before that that six week mark, so so how do you, how do women how what's the best way for women to know if they're pregnant that soon? I think I think because birth control has uh, uh, lets us down both condoms and birth control. I think people need to be t- doing pregnancy tests. Uh, more frequently, once or twice a month. You can get a pre- home pregnancy kit for about 2 or $3, and those should be free. That should be negotiated with people who want mm-hmm. to stop, uh, you know, uh, abortion. Because if you're doing a pregnancy test, you're aware that this could happen. It's going to be in your mind. So. And you can pick up a pregnancy about 10 days into it. Right. Yeah. So test frequently to see if you're pregnant. If you're pregnant, you if you haven't decided to have a child, you probably are going to decide not to continue the pregnancy. Right. right. Otherwise, you're doing it without the consent of the other person. Right. Yeah, both people should have to consent unless you go into a sperm bank or you've made a deal. You know, somebody, right. you're just going to be a donor. But, so I think yeah, that we have an ways. opportunity, although um, abortions would be performed, um, there, there would be more access to abortions that are being performed in an earlier date. And everybody seems to be more comfortable with that pathway. So let's get on that pathway and uh, let's make it available. Let's do it early. And let's uh, see if we can get more sex education and uh, preventive services out there. So that isn't necessary. And I think this knowledge could actually be an unforeseen uh, benefit to this upheaval. In In other words, pushing us to look at other options, whereas Europe has been doing this for a long time. They're always ahead of us medically. They've been doing this a long time, and if we can get our primary care doctors here to pr- participate, then there's going to be less l- less need to try to go find uh, a clinic that's doing uh, evacuate vacuum abortion. So, right. great, great option. So, this show will be up on the Sexy Lifestyle Network uh, later on today as a podcast, so you can share it with your friends, your doctor. Uh, talk to your doctors about um, being uh, qualified to provide the medical um, ab- abortion medications to their to their patients because it is a medical service. It uh, is a medical. Yeah, at this stage, yeah. encourage your doctor to apply for because you have to go through a process. Not every doctor is allowed to have the medication. Okay, thank you for keeping me keeping me in my seat. Well, I try. <laughs> All right, so next week we'll be talking about designer relationships and how to, if, you, if you're not really having that great a relationship, how to turn it from something not so great or really good to amazing. And we've got a whole recipe book for you. So that'll be fun. Uh, remember, every day you wake up, you get to decide whether you're a warning or an example. 
And so you you choose. And remember to love harder, laugh more, and kiss longer. Love you, dear. Love you. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us this week for The Conscious Living Show. Be sure to join Dr. Nancy, Dr. Mark, and their guests next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. Have a healthy, sexy week in every way.